Hello, I'm Joshua Vickery. And I'm Mary Thompson Hunt, and welcome to From the Heart. Central Florida is widely known for its tourist spots and attractions, but many people don't know about its thriving arts community. On this show, we are excited to introduce to you talented and passionate artists who are really making a difference in our arts community. How did they create and why? And how can Central Florida benefit from an even greater arts presence? On each episode, we'll introduce you to guests who are influential leaders and artists who are truly making a difference. From the heart. Hello, Hi, Mary. Joshua. How are you, my friend? Fantastic. You know, I was just literally talking about you this morning. My whole staff was talking about you because a group of them went to go see the fireworks at Magic Kingdom. Oh. And they said, we were watching the fireworks and all of a sudden we heard this beautiful voice coming over all of Magic Kingdom. And it was Mary Thompson Hunt. Oh, I think they took out the part when I say, welcome, Central Florida Community Arts Friends. <laughs> I don't know why they, they took that out. They that part out? Why would they do that? <laughs> That's so very cool. You didn't tell me that. You were the voice of the new fireworks. Oh, I, for, I guess I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're the. everybody just loves your voice. You uh-huh. know, people say, oh, you have a voice for radio. You have a voice for any of that kind of stuff. It's oh, just perfect for it. Thank you. So what does that mean when you get to be the voice of fireworks? Is it like... It'll be there for years, right? Well, as long as that sh- that show is there. Yeah. Um, but you know how they change periodically. Yeah. So this one is happily ever after. And um, But Wishes was there for what, 20 years mm-hmm. or 15 years or something like mm-hmm. that? So I wonder how many guests from all over the world will hear your voice on their magical trip. No, I we will take a survey and survey. Did you hear Mary Thompson Hunt? <laughs> so how was your week in the arts? It was lovely. Uh, one of my highlights was coming to see Titanic, uh, mm. the Central Florida Community Arts production. You all did a great job. Did you feel good about it? I did. I felt really great about it. I mean, whatever we as a community organization can put on a great show from start to finish, I feel good about it. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it really was beautiful. Then that that show Titanic the Musical really is an underrated score. It's an underrated show. It won the Tony in 2004 for Best Musical, but because of the size of the cast and the, you know, kind of the complexity of the staging, it just doesn't get done much regionally. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we did it five years ago as our very first um, kind of concert version of a musical. And we did it one night only. And Where I got, did you do it last year? It was at Northland. I thought so. Yeah, Northland Church. So we did that, and I, I got to conduct it. And I got done with it. I was like, what did we just do? We just, one night? Why did we do that one, one night? night all so that work. wonderful. Yeah. So people have been asking us to revive it. So five years later, we did it again. With and it the was, staged version. Yeah, with a fully staged mm-hmm. version. I mean, we still used videos instead of, you know, sets. But it was it was a fully costume, fully staged it version. Was, it was enough so that we could use our imagination to fill in the rest, which I like because mm-hmm. you're more invested in it mm-hmm. when it's what you picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, um, it, I love the simplicity of it. I love the orchestra. It, it was done so well. And what I really liked about it was how, because we used our imagination, for me, it was about the humanity of it. It was about all the little moments that the people had that we have in life with people we love, especially mm-hmm. when crisis comes mm-hmm. and how we handle it. And um out of love, the things we say and the things we do. And oh, it was, it's a beautiful story. Well, and because the story is so personal and because this was, uh, it is about the lives of the people who were on that ship, it became very personal to the people who were in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't, they weren't pe- playing fictional characters. They were playing real people mm-hmm. who some of their families were torn apart or mm-hmm. perished in this tragedy. And so not only did it connect to people in a in a real way, but it connected them to each other. And so the cast of Titanic, which with the orchestra and the cast and crew, you know, and everybody's about 225, 
225 people, they're all like this little mini family now inside Sea of Sea Hearts. Mm-hmm. They're like their own little, you know, because they really took a journey together. They and really it felt did. like we were on it with them. Yeah. At the end, there, and I know this is something that they did, they had the women separate from the men and the women got into the boats. Mm. And when they have the women, I'm like, I would not go. Yeah. I'm like, no, Jace, I'd be standing with there with you. Mm-mm. Well, we had um, just a little under 3,500 people who came to see it over two days. Uh, and then somebody posted, when I put that in our member group, somebody said, well, hey, the capacity of the Titanic was 3,547 people, which was pretty like mind-blowing to think about all of those people who came to see that show really represented all of the lives that mm-hmm. were on that ship. And mm-hmm. the, it was just really... And they didn't have enough boats for And they everyone. didn't have enough boats. There were a lot of things that got me angry about that. Mm-hmm. The hubris, the, the uh, all about, the, no, we need to be get there the fastest and the, be the biggest. And then mm-hmm. like, you know. Well, and one of the biggest songs in the whole show is The Blame, which is, you know, when the captain and the owner and the builder are all blaming each other for why the ship went down. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because our guests, you know, today will probably feel this way too, but uh, in leading shows or leading an organization, it, I, it was funny when they got to, to the captain who, you know, he's standing up there all alone at the end, just him. And he says that line, it's my ship and no one else's. I'm the one to blame. And he says the final line. And I thought, oh, I feel like that every day at CFCR. It's like, <laughs> I'm the captain of the ship. And if it's going down, it's my fault. You know, like it was just really, there were so many real things to take away from that show absolutely for everybody and we love that we talk about that all the time the power of art mm-hmm. and not just doing art for the sake of doing it mm-hmm. but there to be a reason behind it to open doors of conversation and dialogue and i know through this show there was so 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 many so as the show that we will be talking about today i'm yes, very excited about it it's absolutely. one of my favorite musicals yeah absolutely and so speaking of powerful theater that tells a story uh, we are so very excited today to have two guests from the Garden Theater, and we love the Garden Theater. Mm-hmm. The Garden Theater is really a catalyst for changing downtown Winter Garden and Plant Street and and all of that. And our friend Alana Friskix has moved on to the French Festival, uh, but now we have a new great leader there. So um, first of all, Rob Wynn Anderson is the uh, show director, or the director of this show, I am. Jesus Christ Superstar. Yes. Woo! And introduce your guest, Rob. Um, with me today is Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Speaking of powerful yeah, theater. Exactly. I wow. believe he's with all of us. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, this is Ben Van Diepen, and he is the actor who is portraying Jesus in our production. Awesome, Ben. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. And oh, welcome oh, to Orlando, he's, sir. He's got that good radio. Ooh, he wow, does. Wow, he's wow, got wow. a voice. Yes. <laughs> he does. With the microphone's right in front of your face. So Mary you know, said welcome to Orlando, but where are you from? Uh, I live in Los Angeles. Awesome. So I'm, I'm, I'm a guest here and I'm having a great time. A great what is your favorite thing downtown. about being in Los Angeles? Uh, <laughs> uh, the boundless opportunity, even if it isn't necessarily my opportunity that always comes, there's endless opportunity and possibilities there and you feel that. Are you from there originally? No, I I was born in California, a place called Vacaville, which is near Sacramento. Mm. Um, But then I moved to Oregon and kind of went to college and high school, Pacific Northwest. And uh, since then have lived up there and lived and lived, used to live in New York, lived in Nashville. And now my wife and I are back in uh, Did you study theater in college? I did. Yeah, Yeah. I was, I was a double major actually with music and, and drama. So I had a music degree in voice and piano and then a drama degree in acting. Was acting something you always wanted to do? Uh... I mean, I kind of, yeah, I kind of got into it in high school, and it just blossomed from there. 
And you made a career of it. I guess. I love it. <laughs> well, Ben, we're going to come back and learn all about your journey to Jesus. So uh, oh, to be boy. in Jesus. Not <laughs> journey to Jesus, Jesus. But to be in Jesus. <laughs> I don't know how that is. Rob, funny. tell us about Jesus Christ Superstar, the show, and then tell us why you're excited about doing it at Garden Theater. The show is huge. I mean, and, and, and not only just in terms of the production itself and mounting it, but in just its messaging and its scope of what it say, says and, and um, what it portrays and what we take away from it in terms of our own personal messages. You know, it's a story that even, I think, even if you're not a Christian or not super religious, you'd know the story. Everyone mm. has heard the story of Jesus in some form or fashion. And so I think the audience comes to it with a familiarity, which is helpful, but, you know, Every show written by whatever author writes the show is influenced by that author's opinion. Um, and I see that very much in the way Tim Rice has written Jesus mm. Christ Superstar. Uh, they, he seems to have very distinct opinions about certain characters or certain uh, historical figures and why they did the things that they did and where he puts the emphasis on kind of who was right and who was wrong. Mm. Um, I, it's not um, it's not so much in your face that I, I think he is he is appointed a figure and make it a specific message. You will be able to take away from it what you will. But we've worked very hard to find um, the humanity in this mm. piece. You know, it's a rock opera, mm-hmm. so it's a lot of singing and it's a lot of rock and roll singing. So there's some major high notes and screaming, and you know, it, and and that's something that is intrinsic to this show that you don't want to lose. So mm. you don't want to lose the rock and roll aspect of it. Um, it's operatic in scope, which means it's, it's, you know, it's big. So for us to really look at then the human part of it and these individuals and telling their stories and their relationships and really making sure that we illuminate why they came to the path that they came to. Mm. Mo- many of them feel that they were... Um, it was orchestrated by God, but they're still human beings. And that's what Tim Rice really worked hard at, was showing the frailties, excuse me, <clears throat> of these individuals as humans and not just Jesus as a deity or as something bigger than. He was still a man. Mm. And so he, it, it's influenced um, very strongly in that direction. And I like that because whether you come as an atheist or agnostic yeah. mm-hmm. or someone mm-hmm. of a different religion, it's still a human story it in is. addition to what we believe in in our faith if we do. Um, and talk about that a little bit. Uh, how does it pertain to what's going on in our world today? Well, uh, I think very much so. In fact, in my director's notes, I spent a lot of time thinking about it. You know, it is, it's not a religious story. It's a political story. I mean, mm. he was, Jesus mm-hmm. was very much an activist of the time. He was a nude voice. He was a dissenting voice. And he wasn't the only one out there doing what he was doing. He was the one that, for whatever reason, whether it was a relationship with God or whatever, the, you know, there was something special about him, he drew the attention. Um, I feel if you look at the story and you look how, it's, um, how it plays out, the same people who revered him, who put him in the position that he was in, are the ones who called for his destruction. Mm. That happens today. We raise celebrities up to a certain height, um, we we um, just enjoy seeing their ascent and seeing their rise, and then we also enjoy their fall. Mm. We, we because 
when they show themselves to be human with all their frailties, we don't like that once we've put them up on that pedestal. And <clears throat> that's what happened with this crowd. I mean, this mob turns on him and starts calling for his crucifixion um, because Rome didn't like it. The Jewish priests didn't like it. And it very much, I think, really reflects a lot of what we do still today. Mm. That is so insightful. It <laughs> is. The, the, the one thing that seems different is that because he is the son of God, then, well, our expectations of him are greater than yes. any other person. So that makes it a little different. It, it, Although it we, he claims we say that. That he does. He says, that's what you say. Mm -hmm. And Judas is the one who's saying, you're not. He said, what Judas's problem is, is that with the whole situation is that he's fe he feels that Christ has lost his message, that Christ is, is, is buying into his own press. And it's becoming bigger than just the message that he was delivering. He just wants it to go back to the simplicity of what it used to be. And it's getting, and he's terrified. He's, he says, they're going to turn on us. If our voices get too loud, they're going to kill us. And he's trying to protect everyone. In his mind, that's what he's doing. He's, he's not, he doesn't turn on Christ as an individual. He turns on what he has become. And he feels like the only way to stop that and to protect what the simplicity of the message used to be and their personal um, safety is to do what he ended up doing, which he, he, was, he um, was reticent to do. I mean, he, he didn't like go and volunteer and say, hey, you know, I'll turn him in. This was difficult for him to do. He was, he was his best friend. I mean, he was mm -hmm. a confidant, but they were at odds with where, how the message should be delivered. And Judas just felt very strongly that he was saving everybody mm, by doing what he did. Soul. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to have to save this first part of what we're doing for <laughs> our show today by letting you know that we're going to take a little break and come right back because we want to hear more about that and especially about uh, the part of Judas because we all have a part of him in us too. So sure. I'd like to hear more of that. We'll be right back, everybody. Thank you for joining us here on Magic 107.7 from the heart. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt, and I'm here with my co-host, my friend, the very talented Joshua Vickery, and we're happy to present to you today Rob Wynn Anderson and Tim Van... Ben Benjamin. But, um, but, oh, I wrote, I said Tim? Forgive me. You were thinking of Tim Rice. <laughs> I think I was. because I didn't say Tim Rice a lot. Yes. <laughs> well, I just promoted you. Hey. But I guess not You'll really. When, Rice, when you're playing right? Jesus, that's not really a promotion, Amen. is I'll it? I'll be Tim Rice. Yeah. <laughs> ben Van Dieven, and welcome to both of you here talking about the production of Jesus Christ Superstar that's about to open in Winter Garden. Um, when we left uh, just a little bit earlier, you were talking a little bit about Tim Rice's take on the production and what it is that you were inspired by and taking off yours. Can you continue with that? Sure. I, I really, um, I always approach things um, from what is the human side of what we're seeing on stage. I feel it's very strongly that uh, if an audience can't connect with the characters and to see their journey and to see that connection between them, then there's, 
they're not going to take away much you know, from the show. You have to be invested in the characters. You have to be invested in the story. And there's no dialogue in Jesus Christ Superstar. It's all sung. And so we've had to work together to create moments that illuminate their past and their relationships that are not part of the, of the songs. Mm. Transitions that we've created that sort of show um, their, how they interacted with each other before, um, just in the way we have uh, worked on their physicality and how they, um, you know, how Jesus and Judas uh, touch each other mm-hmm. gives a, uh, uh, gives us an idea of what they used to be and kind of leading to where they are now. Because what's the challenge with this piece is that it picks up seven days before he, the crucifixion. So we're in the heat of it. We get no ramp up to really their backstory. We don't get to see how they have gotten to this point. So we've tried to create some moments that illuminate that for us because we're in the thick of things. Mm. Judas is angry. Jesus is scared to death, even though he feels that he, you know, he, he's questioning this 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 mission. He's questioning what he's being asked to do and the sacrifice he's being asked to make. And um and he's terrified, as a human being would be, no matter what how what spiritual level he is or how what God's influence is, he's still a man and he's still human. And it scares him. And and he has to sort of we, we just talked yesterday about the fact that it um he has to at the end, like we all do who are religious, go on faith mm. and just have faith that what God has put into place is going to be what he promised and it's going to work out. Well, Ben, here on faith, you're having to allow your life to be taken. How do you prepare for such a role? Or how did you, how are you preparing? Um, you, you know, it's, it's a wild piece because so much, so much more is said about Jesus than Jesus actually says himself. So much of what we learn in the context of the show is given to us by the Pharisees or given to us by Judas or given to us by Mary Magdalene. And so there's so much that you have to take from obviously our primary source is biblical. So you, you know, you read as much as you can biblically. You read, as Rob said, talking about um, researching things that the composers wrote about it and their perspective of how we, how we see it from there. Um, and Rob is wonderful because he's very much an actor's director. You mentioned Joshua, that's so insightful, you said earlier. And that's really true. You know, Rob is excellent because he, he has his vision of what he wants and he's extremely detail-oriented, which you need with a piece like Superstar to understand character arcs and understand what, where everybody's coming from. But he allows the actor to create within those details um, mm. extremely well. And that's, and that's really helpful. Um, it's just real helpful as an actor playing something that is so recognizable and so people have so many impressions about. And we have to honor that but also honor the piece as it exists and honor me as the individual um, because I'm bringing my own humanity and my own personality to it as well because that's, that can't be helped. Yeah. Um, is there any other role in any musical theater history that's more, that's harder to play than Jesus? Like how do you, I mean, that is a really tough role to play. I mean, you think about different, a lot of things are just fictional, but it, 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 with this, I, I can't imagine what you're going through in every little move and the way that you say words and all of that and thinking, There's certainly, is this the way yeah. Jesus would do There's that? certainly more pre- preconceptions about the character than there is about just about any, any other character that I can think of. Um, and at some point, you just have to let yourself be and let, and let the peace be. Um, cause you're never going to please anybody, everybody, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're not, you're, you can't, uh, satisfy every person's desire of what they want to see or what they want to feel. 
um, from that. But the piece is the piece is, is clear in some ways and unclear with others, and mm-hmm. uh, we have to find our own clarity with the more complicated moments. And like I said, Rob is excellent at that, and I like to think that I'm uh, workable and that I have ideas to bring to the table, and that that that's you know that's what we have to do. Have you played this role before? Once, yeah. My my, my journey with Superstar began uh, when I was in high school. I um, there was a college sort of nearby my city that was doing a cabaret night, and there was a guy there on, I still remember his name, Matthew Karczewski, who did uh, Gethsemane, which is one of the mm. pinnacle numbers um, from Superstar, certainly one of the most well-known, and it's Jesus's kind of climax of his arc before things really, really head south for real. And uh, and he did that piece, and I was, I, I'd never heard anything like that. I, I was, you know, my experience with musical theater, I was, I was, I had no idea that that <laughs> could exist, you know, and, uh, and, and I was so taken with it. And then, so a couple years later, I actually, when I was a senior, I actually did it and went to the national finals doing Gethsemane. And so that was, so that was my, my first experience with it. So then I didn't touch it again until I had the opportunity to music direct it. Actually, I conducted and, and played, you know, in the pit for a production of it after college. Mm. Um, so it'd been several years. And then a few years after that, I played Jesus with a regional um, company and that was my first time doing it. My wife actually played Mary Magdalene in that production. I I, I proposed to her at the last produ- uh, oh. closing performance of that show. <laughs> corny, Jesus corny, but pretty hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we so that and then right after that, actually, I went up and auditioned for the tour with Ted Neatley, who was oh, Jesus yeah. in the movie and was part of the original Broadway. And uh, and I actually did pilot. I was hoping I you know maybe I'll be lucky and under, couldn't understudy Jesus or something since I just done the role. But they they wanted me for pilot. Wow! And so I got to do pilot on the tour. So now pilot is is very close um, to to my heart as well. Sure. So now this is my first time doing the show since since I did the tour, which was 2010. Um, and it's great to return with it to it. It's been my one of my favorites forever, and to get to do and to get to do this role again is extraordinary. And that's I mean. That's what's so extraordinary, I think, about this piece is that we we think we have a pretty clear idea of, of what of, you know we get so much in the Bible of about Jesus and what he thinks and the things he says, and we get very little about pretty much everybody else. And and that's what's so wonderful about this piece is that it gives us um, fully realized versions of people like Pilate, and you get to see his journey and his struggle and mm-hmm. and and what he's dealing with in these extraordinary circumstances. And obviously Judas as well, who gets very little, gets very little play in the Bible beyond being the betrayer. And mm-hmm. in here we get to see a, a, a deep, complex person um, who, who is struggling enormously with, with, with this journey. You know, it's interesting. First of all, it's interesting that you, what do you scream B's and C's in Gethsemane or how, what does it go up Higher to? than that. Higher yeah, than actually. that. Actually. Uh, their voice is so there's deep a, there's and a, robust. There's, and yeah, there, there's, a, like, there's, a G, there's G's on the top and I think G's. I shoot it to a B flat that would be like soprano G, G soprano yeah, yeah. G, B flat. Oh my goodness. Um, well, so I'd, so yeah. It's I'm a curious. miracle. It is a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious to think about uh, when you talk about like a national tour and playing this role only a few people actually see your face in, in these big venues, you oh, know, sure, and all that. Yeah. And so how do you feel like it's going to differ being in a, a, a theater that has 299 seats and really everybody can see the sweat coming down right. your, you know, how do you, are you excited about that? Yeah, Does it make I, you? Absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the fun part about when you're doing a tour and you're doing either stadiums or huge theaters, just because it's extraordinary to work in those spaces and you feel like you're part of something so big and extraordinary, but you feel the same thing when you're working in a smaller house because 
you 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 can be much more nuanced you can be much more intimate you can you can you don't have to work as hard physically because everybody's there everybody no matter where you are in the house they can pretty much see everything that's that's going on with your face and so you can really find all sorts of levels mm. that um in fact i remember one of the notes i got on the tour was uh, my director told me he's like i need you i need more from you i, I uh, uh, in this moment your it's your performance is too film and tv it's too small it's too Hundred seat house. I, I need you. I need you to be two thousand. You know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, and and here I can give a hundred seat house performance. So what? Awesome. Three hundred? How big is two ninety nine? Two ninety nine. So yeah. so I can give a smaller a smaller performance that feels more natural, feels more real, feels more human, um, and and finds finds those levels that we can explore. I guess I would say ask the same to you, Rob. I mean, how do you? feel like you can capitalize on such a huge show, you know, music by Andrew Lloyd Webber and like, right. all the rock. Big, yeah. The, the rock. rock. It's a big show. And how are you going to be able to capitalize on it being more of an intimate space? And what will people experience different than maybe they've ever seen Jesus Christ superstar before? I think that I, I think it's to Ben's point. It's the intimacy, the, the, our ability to really get up close and personal with these characters, which is why it's so important for us to, build these relationships strongly. And I talk to the cast a lot about truth, that if, if it's not a truthful moment, I'll call them out on it because we're gonna see that, it's gonna read. At, what's interesting though is that our set design is pretty major in scope. It's, it's, um, it, it fits our intimate space, but it has the feel of something so much bigger mm. than that. Um, we've created sort of this vista of sky that goes on forever. Mm. Um, so it really will bring the audience into something you know, bigger and feel uh, sort of outside of the realm of the theater that they're sitting in. Um, plus, because we're, I'm taking sort of a contemporary um, approach to it as well, there's a lot of projection involved in the show. Um, we digitally map the stage. We do front projection. We do rear projection. We are doing... Um, we, I have filmed a virtual choir who will be part of the, the set to make this, the cast bigger than it is. Really? Yes. That's so cool. Yeah, so it will, so it, it has, it, it was my goal to give that, uh, that operatic scope to the production in this intimate space and mm -hmm. then even being able to hone in, not allowing any of that stuff to overwhelm though the characters and the story that we're trying to tell. So mm -hmm. that's the balance is how do you make sure that all of that stuff supports the story and the characters and doesn't overwhelm it. Mm -hmm. mm. Who designed your set? Um, his name is Alexander Wittenberg. It is. He's one of my best friends. Yes, I Alex is terrific. Was. You knew who it was. You're well, like, I'm going to get him a shout out. <laughs> I just wanted him to say your name, Alex. <laughs> Alex is great. I've loved collaborating with him. And Wonderful. it's, yes, he, you know, I, that's my, one of my favorite things is to collaborate with other artists and see what they bring to the table that I've not seen. You know, I, I'll come with my my vision and my sort of creative inspiration things and then let them sort of blossom it out from there. And then we come back together and we find our common ground and it's, it's really, it's mm. cool to work with people like that. What has been one of your biggest challenges with this production? Anything unique to any of the others? Um, interesting enough, not unique to any of the others. Mm. And I will, I will tell you this, it's casting. We have a huge talent pool in Orlando. But most of the talent in Orlando doesn't come to Orlando to do theater. Mm. They come to Orlando to work in the theme parks. And so working around those schedules, working around the opportunities that they get once we've cast them and then we end up losing them is a challenge. I mean, I lost two actors a week into rehearsal. Mm. What? 
I had to recast. I recast it any day and threw them into rehearsal. We and I it, it has it, it that is continually our biggest challenge. I I will I work very hard to find shows that are um are big for our stage that are really exciting, but I shy away from things that require a lot of dancers because finding oh, the yeah. dance talent who can commit to us for the run, et cetera, is really challenging. And yeah. so it, it, it's a heartache I don't want to deal with at this point. Mm-hmm. And so I really mm-hmm. shy away from it. Although we have eight great dancers in our show. So, I mean, it's not like we don't ever do it, but we have some, and what I'm excited about with that is that I have eight great dancers who are also really strong vocalists. Mm. They're great singers too. They have solo, they have vocal solos as well as they do dance moments and which is so, one of the great things of the theme parks which is a great thing here too. we do we bring all that we bring all that talent in so you know there's there's definite pluses and minuses and we have a cast of 22 on stage which is a, almost as big as i like to get on the garden stage because mm-hmm. of its intimacy but it, it makes it. it feel yeah it makes it feel much bigger well mm-hmm. when we come back we're going to ask you questions about who should come and why and how they can get tickets and and see what else you want to let us know about your production. Uh, Folks, thanks so much for listening to us here on Magic 107.7 From the Heart. that music so so (laughs) epic welcome back to from the heart magic 107.7 fm this is joshua vickery with my beautiful and talented co-host mary thompson hunt and today we are so privileged to be talking to rob and to ben from jesus christ superstar that is going to be produced at the uh, garden theater so guys we're so glad that you're on the show and thanks for talking to us about about this show and your experience with it so Rob, tell us, uh, how did you find Jesus? Uh, well, I found Jesus over video. That's a loaded question. You know, over video. Over video. You know, the internet's good for everything, you know. Um, actually, it was through an online submission. We had, uh, I, I got to the point where I had found some candidates, but I wasn't completely settled on where I wanted to be on two of the roles. And so we sent out a call that went to some various um, sites that actors could to go to and we asked them to just send material in that best represented themselves and then from that group of people which we received quite a lot of submissions we called it down to a few and then sent material to them that we wanted to see them specifically perform for us and they sent it back and that's where Ben. When you said quite a lot what does that mean? You know <laughs> it's interesting uh, Hunchback auditions are, are coming up and I'm getting we didn't even ask for video submissions and we're getting I, I've had at least 30. Wow. So wow. for for Superstar uh, it was it was a good number I would say 30 to 50 wow. um, for the two roles it was Ju- it was um, Jesus and it was Caiaphas mm. so, and two roles that are, are challenging to cast. Mm-hmm. And Who's your Mary? My Mary is Natalie McKnight. Mm. Um, she's terrific. She just played the role in Titusville not too long mm-hmm. ago. Um, she had she did the tour with Ted Neely at some point, and um, 
She's wonderful. She's terrific. She's amazing. We went to school together. We went to Palm Beach Atlanta University together. Wow. Yeah, just, I've known her forever, and she's yeah, amazing. She's really great. Who, who else is some other people that are standouts in, in the cast? Um, our Judas is Shay Rafferty. Um, he's an equity actor that performs at Disney, mm-hmm. and um, he's terrific. Um, we have our Caiaphas is Mike R- Mark Wright Ahern, who is um, a local individual who performs a lot with the opera. And, um, oh gosh, we have so many. I mean, it's a cast of 22, but... Um, Brett McMahon, McMahon, McMahon yeah. is my um, pilot. Terrific, mm. absolutely terrific. So um, we have some really great local talent. Is the music live? We have a live pit. I hate saying that because the musicians aren't dead, but it is. <laughs> it's a live pit of, of, of five of five musicians. It's In not a recorded one, track. It's not be. a recorded track. Yes, yes, That's awesome. So we do have a live pit for this show. Nice. Yeah. And and so tell us just how we can get tickets because we're going to talk about it again at the end. But if somebody's just tuning in and only catching a couple few seconds, we want to make sure we can get that information out. www.gardentheater.org is where they will go, and they can find um, the links to purchase tickets. And they you open. Purchase- them online or call the box office you can do both or you can walk up as well okay and you open on september 8th right, right? and yeah. you run through october 1st yes. so basically you have all the month of september to mm. go out and, and check out the show and there are two industry nights as well oh, the, nice. the middle two mondays are also um on the schedule for thank you for industry. so for anyone in the industry and who would that um include um it, it it's it's a broad uh, um term really but it's in, in the entertainment industry but we have a lot of regular patrons who also purchase that night lovely yeah and shows are at 8 p.m on thursdays and fridays and then saturdays at 2 and 8 p.m and sundays at 2 p.m Correct. so lots of really great mm-hmm. options to go out and see the show so is this uh is it okay for all ages and for any can anyone experience the show that you would recommend i think so i mean we do have a, a we have a, a not necessarily a warning but we do say you know it's frank displays of violence um talk of death that sort of thing. So, you know, but I think if people know the story already, they know what they're going to be in for in terms of that. I mean, there there are some moments such as the the lashing that, you know, mm-hmm. tends to be pretty intense and, and, and you want it to be because you want to make sure that people understand what this individual went through. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever seen The Passion of the Christ, it's probably not as severe as that, right? <laughs> Maybe that not quite pretty. that severe. That's, that's, that's over pretty, the top. Yeah, that's yeah. a pretty gory movie. Rob, for some of our listeners who weren't perhaps listening when you were here once before and gave us a history of the theater. Would you tell us a little bit about the beginnings of the Garden Theater and how it's evolved over its history? Sure. I mean, it started as a movie house. It's a place that people would go to get their daily news. Um, the newsreels would happen there. They um, One of the first talkies was presented at the Garden. Um, and so it was the place of the day to go to. Um, it, uh, it has, it's, it's rich in its history. Um, in a good way. It's also rich in its history in a way that presents, you know, that we would not view as um, as good. I'll just put it that way. Um, it did have a Jim Crow balcony where the African-American um, um, citizens would have to enter a back stairway and go up and they would watch the movies and everything from the balcony. Mm-hmm. Um, we have since, um, when I opened the theater, um, it, we I brought a choir in to sing um, the song um, I Know Where I've Been from Hairspray. And it was the first time any African American had set foot in the theater on the the, the stage uh, on the actual floor of the theater. the uh, The door to that stairwell has now been closed off, and it will never be used again. Um, the staircase itself is used to access our tech booth, so people do use it as just a regular course of business. But we do not honor we we acknowledge it, we don't honor it. Mm. Um, 
And so it, at some point when television came into play, um, it, the, the movie sort of, the, people got their news differently. It closed and became a tractor warehouse and factory for a long time. They raised that part of it. Yeah, yeah. They raised it out. I mean, it was dirt. There was no, there was no stage. There were no seats, nothing. Wow. It just went from the front to the back. Um, and then um, when the community decided that they wanted to restore it, they wanted to do um, a, back to a movie house. And s- certain individuals with a little bit more um, foresight said, let's do something more than that. And so they worked really hard to reconstruct um, it as it originally was. They had very few pictures of the inside and outside, but what they had, they were able to piece together. And so it is a very, very close approximation to its original intent with this, the Romeo and Juliet balconies, et cetera. So, and it's been thriving ever since, 10 years. Um, mm-hmm. It's a 10th year, 10th season. And the growth that the garden has made in the past 10 years has been astronomical. It's a beautiful theater. It's, yeah. a, it's the hub, it seems, of that winter garden area. And I love that history because it's come so far and now it's still an integral part in a yes. beautiful way, in a inclusive. Beautiful way. Yes. So I wanted you to say that. Thank you so much. Sure. Absolutely. And, and, and you are like a, the resident uh, director there or I, that... I am. My, my title is consulting artistic director. Okay. I think the consulting will be removed soon. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but as of right now, I am, I, I, I work as the consulting artistic director for the theater. And how long have you been with garden? Um, well, I did the original opening ser- show in, um, so gosh, back in what, 2008, I believe it was. Um, and then I have, I went away for a while and then I started doing productions first um, through Beth Marshall Presents as an outside um, mm-hmm. producing company. And then the garden brought me in to do Wizard of Oz. And then I've sort of stuck around since doing a variety of musicals and plays. There. In the back of your mind, do you have the quintessential show you look forward to one day bringing to the theater? <laughs> Wow, there are so many that I would love to do that we, because of our intimate size, we can't do. But um, I don't know. I think we're kind of on the journey to doing the stuff. I've been very proud. Singing in the Rain was, Amazing. you know, to be able to put that on the stage was for me because I grew up with that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Donald O'Connor and, and Debbie Reynolds, they were um, idols of mine, which I got to work with both of them. So I got to do all that good stuff. So putting that on the stage, it was a, a wonderful opportunity. Well, you say that there's things you can't bring because of its size, but what you did hairspray. You did, I mean, you've done so many big musicals. What, what would be a musical that you think would not work? There? I think our challenge, uh, we would be challenged with the chorus line because we couldn't uh. fit the line across the, the proscenium. <laughs> oh, that's true. You yeah. Could. So, I mean, it's just a matter of small things like that. The small things like that would would prevent us from doing, I mean, now I did a course line in the round as a performer. So that was interesting and different, but truly, you know, you wanted that line to be able to really work across the stage and we don't have enough width to make Mm -hmm. that happen. So that would be one. Um, I would love to do Billy Elliot, but I think that the, um, the, the, the requirements for the the scope of the dancing would be challenging. So there, it doesn't mean we can't get around it and find really constructive ways because I have designers who look at our space and take the challenge and do amazing things with Mm -hmm. it. So Mm. what else is happening this season besides Jesus Christ Superstar? We, um, after Superstar, we do the odd couple. We're doing both the male and female versions of the odd couple in rep. Yes. Yes. We have some local, um, what I, what I consider to be sort of local um, stars in our in our production playing have? the leads. Um, the female leads are Marty Stonerock and Peggy O'Keefe. Love oh, it. gosh, great. And the male leads are Stephen Lima and Mark Ferreira. 
So yeah, so they will be doing, they're headlining those versions. Um, Annie is a Christmas, which we're very excited very about. Yeah, Stephen Kennan is directing that and with a very, um, it, not a different take, but just to, it, it'll have a different look to it, which will be great. Um, then Beth Marshall Presents will come in and do The Lieutenant of Inishmore, which is a very dark black comedy. Um, very, very funny, but very, very dark. <laughs> um, and then The Garden will be producing um, uh, one of my plays called A Tennessee Walk. Um, it has won quite a few awards. It has been produced a couple of times, but this will be the Southeastern premiere of the play. And then we close the season with Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh nice. my goodness, what a great nice. season. Yeah. Yes, we yes. need to have you back and talk more about your play. That's, oh, I'd love to. That's incredible. Great. Yeah, and this this little picture, you, it, the audience can't see it, but this is my inspiration <laughs> picture for it. It's an elephant. Yeah, it Ooh. is an elephant. I'll, I, I'd love to tell you more about You'll it. Come it's, back. Yeah, yeah, it's a really cool story. Bring the elephant. I will. <laughs> so if someone's listening and they want to not just find out about how to you know, buy tickets or come experience the Garden Theater, but if they want to try to perform there, uh, how how do they find out about auditions? What is the casting process like? You said you were looking for dancers all the time. Sure. So. We, we have auditions. Um, this last season, we decided to do it twice a year. So we auditioned for the first half of our season in May. Um, and then we're getting ready to hold auditions for the second half of the season next month in September. Um, we, we post on Equity. We post all over Facebook, all of the different Central Florida um, uh, 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 I don't remember all the, the different sites on Facebook. Yeah, Central Florida Auditions, auditions. and Orlando Theater Networking. Backstage. Exactly. <laughs> we, uh, we would do get into backstage. We've auditioned on Playbill.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we are able to get um, submissions like of interest. That's you know, from Benz. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you pay your performers, right? Stipends oh, yes. or honorariums? Absolutely. You know, okay, yeah. that's awesome. We have two equity contracts in this show. Their guest artist contracts are written out of New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, oh yeah, everyone is paid um, to be in the show. All Beautiful. the crew's paid, everyone's paid. Oh, ben, great. now being a professional actor, are you already looking for your next role? Uh, that is exactly what I was going to ask. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Not me to cut you off, but literally I was going to say, Ben, what's next? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I'm booked through the end of the year, actually, uh, which is cool. Um, I'm doing... Uh, <laughs> there's a company in L.A. called Good Time Productions that actually hires uh, professional carolers um, for the Christmas season, which I was just going to do in L.A. as like a, you know, an extra extra holiday pay. But I auditioned for them right before I came here, actually, and they want me to go to Hong Kong and work for Hong Kong Disney there for two months. So I'm going to be going to Hong Kong um, for November, December, uh, which is a way better contract, you know, like for pay and everything. So um, so I'm going to be going there for two months. And then I've, uh, I've also been doing video submissions for a couple of um, equity houses in L.A. Uh, that have called me back for several things that I've auditioned for in person while I was there. Since I came here, they've been needing videos for callbacks and things. So I've been like I did here. Like submitting how you got I was on a job mm-hmm. in New Hampshire when I when I submitted for this for mm-hmm. Superstar. So as an actor, so. you're always traveling. You're married. How many years married? Uh, seven now. Seven. Seven. So we're all in relationships with other artists and performing artists. We know what it's like. But how how do you? I know we don't have much time left, but. Uh, Give some advice to people out there who are married in the arts of how you balance that. I mean, it's it's difficult. You have to you have to make decisions wisely. You don't just take every. It, there, there's an instinct, I think, with performance because jobs are scarce to just take take whatever comes. And uh, when you're married and you're committed and you're figuring out, you know, you you have to choose the ones that oh, you know what that's that's really not worth it. Or you know, this one's we're only going to be apart here for two months, mm-hmm. um, and that 
sounds like a lot probably to married couples who are together all the time for a performing couple that's not so bad mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. and so you know two months yeah great you know that that we'll do that and we'll come back and it'll be a good little thing my wife is actually at the tuacon summer theater in utah which is a huge oh, yeah. outdoor theater so company cool. very well known and uh, and so her job is actually a six-month contract and so it worked out nicely that i've i did a couple of jobs uh, like this a couple of regional jobs um just prior to Superstar, that it pretty much spanned. So I wasn't sitting at home in LA by myself for six months. So you uh, have it kind and of. And so, so I, yeah, so I did a couple of jobs, and then I was visiting her for a month, and then I came here. So that's wonderful. Um, it's it's tricky, but you you figure is. it out. Uh, we you know? do well, Ben. We cannot wait to see you rock it out mm-hmm. as Jesus. I'm stoked. In this Please come. Show. Everybody come. So Jesus Christ Superstar uh, is at the Garden Theater September 8th through October 1st. You can get tickets on GardenTheater.org. Org. And Rob, it's always a pleasure to have you on the Thank show. You, you do us. such great work. You'll come back and talk about your play next time. Please. Absolutely. Mary, always a pleasure. I uh, love you. I uh, wish we just had more time. I <laughs> <laughs> love you too. Come back next week and join us and learn more about the arts in this great community. From the heart, Magic 107.7 FM.